Hey folks, it's Ross James, and you're listening to another episode of Songs That Saved Me. My guest today is the banjo player from the infamous String Dusters, Chris Pandolfi. He's also a fellow podcast host. He's got himself a program called Inside the Musician's Brain that I highly recommend you check out. Today we talk about uh, the song, the artist that first led him to the banjo in the first place. Um... We talk about a tune that sort of got him through a transitional moment in his life and a song that at this point is pretty much part of the human DNA. We all know and love it. And uh, Chris heard it recently with everything that's going on in the world and it hit him in a big way. He delivers a couple of great solo banjo performances as well. So if you're digging the podcast, give us a follow on Instagram at songs that save me. Leave us a review here in the Apple Podcast Store. And we've also got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash songs that save me. And uh, I'll be putting up some exclusive content there in the next couple of weeks. Got a lot of fun interviews lined up. Um, earlier this week, I, I interviewed Marcus King, Carl Denson, and those will be coming out real soon. So make sure to give us a follow and stay tuned for that. Without further ado, here's my talk with Chris Pandolfi. Well, Chris, man, how you doing? It's really, uh, it's great to talk with you today. How you hanging in there with everything going on right now? Yeah, likewise, Ross. Thanks for having me. I'm, yeah. I'm good, man. I'm, you know, I'm sort of in shock like the rest of the world, but, um, but also trying to enjoy the slowdown and and make the most of it. You know, I'm still waiting for like the big burst of creativity to come. I feel like everybody. <laughs> when this whole thing hit was like, Oh, I'm going to go record, you know, 10 new albums next week. And, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's tough to get into that zone when there are much bigger things going on in the world around you. But, um, you know, I've had some really quality time here with, with my girlfriend, Anna and kind of settling mm-hmm. into our new place. So, enjoying it and also daunted by things kind of simultaneously yeah no doubt I I think a lot of people are feeling that way um I mean I hope I agree with you I hope that 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 those that there's going to be a lot of great art and music that comes out of this but it it definitely does feel like there's a bit of a weight on everybody's shoulders at the same time too so and and that probably will be a tangible element in all of that art but i agree it's hard to imagine that a, a lot of creativity won't won't come out of this and i i hope to you know be a part of that somehow yeah 100 percent. um well well cool i mean when when i mentioned the idea of this podcast to you um uh i was excited to sort of get your perspective you know i mean there's so many like guitar players out there and I've talked to, you know, several of them and it's nice to get uh, a banjo player's perspective and somebody from, from a bluegrass band. I haven't really spoken with a lot of people from that, that sort of sub genre of the, the community that we all exist in. And, um, I guess what was kind of one of the first tunes that you thought of when you thought of a song that played a big role in your life? You know, when I started, to think about all this, the first place that my mind went was Bela Fleck. And he is undoubtedly my biggest inspiration as a musician, but also, 
you know, he changed the course of my life. I wasn't a bluegrass fan. I wasn't a banjo fan. I was a big music fan oh, wow. in high school. And I was into a lot of fusion and that, you know, I was into John Schofield. I was into Frank Zappa. We loved Steely Dan. And and then my older brother, he was a bass player. And so he was into the Flectones, of course, because Victor Wooten sure. is one of the greatest bass players in the world. And I looked up to my brother like every, you know, younger brother <laughs> does in, in sort of the high school years. And we started bonding over music and we started going to see the Flectones. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. We went to... Um, to see the Flectones at the Old Knitting Factory in Tribeca. They played three nights, two shows a night. We went to all six shows. And <laughs> and after the, the last show, the day after that was the day that I got my first banjo. And the banjo was what led me sort of backward to bluegrass. You know, mm -hmm. the, that's the native language of the five-string banjo and Scruggs style, which is essentially the style that I play and that Bela plays. It's the foundation for, you know, all of the, the modern banjo stuff that you hear. So, you know, when you hit me up, of course, I thought, you know, one of these, one of these songs has to be a Bela song. And it's funny, I, I listened to, you know, Nikki's, the interview that you did with Nikki, and mm -hmm. she said it well, you know, it's, it's really hard to choose just one or even just a few because we all have all of these songs and all of these artists that at certain different points in our lives have played a big role and influenced us. But this was like life changing <laughs> inspiration. You know, I heard his music and just was so blown away and it inspired me to play. And now of course, you know, I've basically devoted my life to music and there are so there are so many great songs and the live art album was one that really blew me away but big country was kind of one of the tunes that really just took it over the top and I don't know if, if you've ever experienced this but it was one of those tracks that I just listened to on repeat and I, yeah. I, it never got old. I mean, it only like got better as you would listen more and more. And there are two versions of it. There's a version that the Flectones did on an album called Left of Cool. And then there's a version that Bela did on an album called Uncommon Ritual with Edgar Meyer and Mike Marshall, mm -hmm. who are also luminaries in the acoustic world. And yeah. that was the one that I really connected with. And, you know, he, I didn't have much context i didn't know that you know the banjo was and the style was really native to bluegrass i just was hearing something that i loved and big country was what really brought the playing and the virtuosity together with the writing and i think you know everyone thinks of bela fleck as this prolific genius player this virtuoso player but i think like a lot of great artists it's his legacy of his his music that he's written Mm -hmm. that will really you know make make his legacy stand the test of time and this was just it was just a magical tune for me like i said there were a lot of them but i th really think big country is one that stands out now did he play it did you see him play it live at one of those six shows was it um, was it out you, yet you at know, that point or do you i mean 
I think I think it was at that point, and I mm-hmm. think I think the song was around, the tune was around for a little while before it actually made it onto a Flectones album. Gotcha. Okay. And but yeah, he I've definitely seen him play it live a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> on Uncommon Ritual, he plays it on a low tuned acoustic banjo. You know, the banjo is typically tuned to open G. Mm-hmm. And he's got it tuned down to open E. And when the Flectones would play it, the, he would bust out uh, one of his electric banjos, which had, you know, this beautiful and very unique tone. Of course, the playing, it's very, it's not similar. It's the same, essentially, as how you would approach um, the acoustic banjo, maybe slightly different. But, you know, it's not like an electric guitar where the notes suddenly have all this sustain. It's still got right, that kind of right. quintessentially banjo sound. But really cool, a cool, unique banjo that he would play um, live with the Flectones and had just this, like, deep sound. But the tune, I, yeah, I, re- I can remember multiple times hearing it live with the Flectones. And in that iteration of the band, on the one that they recorded, they had Jeff Coffin on sax and he sort of doubles the melody as they go into the b part and it's just it's just one of the most beautiful compositions mm. i'd ever heard and i think live was where i really did first connect with it and okay. uh, and then ultimately you know it landed on not one but two records mm-hmm. so uh, you know and i've spun both those versions a zillion times <laughs> he's one of those guys i've always just been I've admired so much his dedication to his craft. I mean, like the way he's he's simultaneously trying to take this instrument further and further and do new things with it. But the way that documentary that like throw your heart or what you know the oh it's, yeah throw down your heart yeah, so incredible where he just he traces the whole thing the back I mean ancient the the beginnings of that instrument coming from Africa and and everything it's just it's like he's a a, a student always searching for more and just uh, a total master of his craft. It's, it's very he, admirable. He is, he's prolific in every sense of the word. You know, yeah. he's a player and an improviser and some people just see him as the best at that, you know, the right. sort of taking the banjo to all these new places, but compositionally speaking, and also from a, yeah, from a sort of genre standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's done bluegrass. He's got, um, you know, the the uncommon ritual record is s- sort of similar to another record he did called Perpetual Motion, which is like a proper classical album yeah, with y- Yo-Yo Ma, uh, right? And um, that no, that is thing. Appalachian Waltz, okay, which is okay. which is in in the very in a very similar vibe as 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 those other two mm-hmm. um yo-yo ma and edgar meyer and i think mark o'connor and oh wow you know he he's just taken the instrument to so many different genres he's done straight up jazz stuff he's mm-hmm. got a duo record with chick Corea. then of course all the flectone stuff he's done <laughs> you know top tier bluegrass with with all of those heavy cats yeah. and and on top of all that like you were saying with throw down your heart, he's sort of this cultural ambassador of the instrument. And Mm -hmm. in that particular project, exploring the roots of the instrument, which came from Africa during the slave trade and then eventually evolved into what we see him playing these days, sort of the modern five string banjo. But Mm -hmm. 
tracing the legacy of not only the instrument, but also playing styles and the song craft all the way back to where it came from, you know? So it's like, he's one of those guys who, who pisses you off because, you know, not only is he the most gifted guy in the world, but he also works 10 times harder than I everyone do, else. And it's, it's like you, you, you know, there are people like that out there and you'd wish they'd slow down for a second and let, let you, <laughs> catch up a few <laughs> steps but um you know unfortunately it doesn't really work like that yeah, right um have you um have you guys gotten to play with him like have the dusters played with him have you gotten to hang out with him as as like For, have you crossed paths ever we have you know we've played with him now a handful of times he sat in with us at the Festi, which was our festival that we hosted mm-hmm. in virginia sure bela and sam i think when the most memorable sit-in was at IBMA at the Red Hat Amphitheater show in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. This is probably four or five years ago. And we had Bela and Sam as special guests for our uh, main stage, sort of closing the main stage set there in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh my God, it was it was so <laughs> great. And I, I remember that it was funny because we were playing a tune and Andy Hall was singing the song. And, you know, a typical jam session with those guys you know yeah. we didn't have a lot of rehearsal and sure. it was a lot of sort of on the fly and i was actually no it was, it was sam was sort of leading the charge on on um i think it was samuel river and we're 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 sending it around and it's like each guy is taking a solo taking a solo and it's coming down to the end here and it's and there's only two people who haven't played a solo yet me and Bela and I'm just thinking please do not please do not make me go after Bela and sure enough sure enough Sam gives Bela the green light and you know it's like sold out like 10,000 people at this big amphitheater beautiful outdoor show in, uh-huh. in the evening in Raleigh and you know I'm sure you have moments oh, yeah. like this oh, yeah. but they're there it's like a, a proving ground you know and you're there's a part of yourself that is sort of stuck in that old just admiration spot because mm-hmm. it's it's heavy you know i and yeah. this what would i be doing with my life if it wasn't for the inspiration that came to me through his music you know it's a that's a lot to process and then yeah. all of a sudden you're standing there on that stage and it's like but of course you know you sort of you use you, you get in the moment and you go for it and um and it's a, it tor- it's a torch passing thing almost too you know there's that element of it which is so cool about the scene that we're in uh, where where there's that cross pollination between the generations, you know, the people we've that's looked right. up to, you know, that's that's right. And, and I yeah. I I always say th- that's such a great point, you know. And we we were so lucky, the String Dusters guys, to be around when you know the first generation bluegrassers were still alive. You know, yeah. Earl Scruggs, who's since passed on, and and you know, and now it's it's those guys. It's Bela, Sam, Jerry, Grisman, you yeah. know, and it's and it's the same. Peter I'm Rowan. sure you, yeah, I mean, yeah, and we had say we say the same thing about Phil all the time. Yeah, what a, right. What a gift to have a direct connection to these guys oh, who have been, who has been as influential as anyone, not only on our lives but on the whole music scene, and especially that sort of extended musical family that that we're a part of. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely, that's that's a big part of it. And you know, you're in awe of these guys, and then sort of simultaneously, you're you're also on stage with them, and yeah. and and um, you know, trying to take what they've done, and in whatever way that you can, build on it yeah. and keep that keep that torch, yeah, that flame going. Exactly. Well, I'd love to. I'd love to hear you play this tune, man. I'd love to hear your take on it. 
Yeah, let's let's give it a shot. Big country. Right on. Cool. That was great, man. Thank you for uh, for sharing that. Um, really cool to hear the story behind it too, man. Um, how about uh, moving along? What's a what's another tune that uh, rang true with this topic for you? You know, I I I have uh, sort of shifted some of my musical tastes. I feel like in in recent years, and one nice benefit of the you know spotify era even though musicians kind of gripe up and down about how much they get paid for royalties i love spotify (laughs) because it's really helped me discover a lot of great new music that's become influential on me and um and my tastes are really wide ranging. You know, I love I love bluegrass and I love the banjo, but I also have, you know, my my trad plus side project mm-hmm. and lo- love you know, great production and great sounds and have discovered a lot of cool music and I discovered Boney Vare's music, Justin Vernon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly when I when I, you know, sort of figured out that his music moved me the way that it does. It was probably six or seven years ago. And right around the time that I moved out to Denver and he's got a song called 22 over soon. And, you know, his music, there are certain pieces of his that I think have hit the mainstream, which is interesting because the sound of his music is very esoteric, kind of ethereal and Mm -hmm. different, but he's got this incredible song 22 over soon and i remember there was a a point where i had this same phenomenon for this song and it was it was around the time i think about 
about three years ago or two and a half years ago, and I was starting, uh, you know, a new chapter of my life. And I think music can really seep in in those times. And it's sort of the classic thing where you have a song that really comes to define a big moment in your life. And this was one of those songs. And I remember at, at, at that time, I was making all these trips out to Golden, where I now live with mm-hmm. my girlfriend, Anna, and was changing gears. And I had, you know, gotten out of a, a long relationship and I had been on my own for a while. And then I had met this new person and it was, it was just, it was a shift happening. And mm-hmm. that moment where you can, where you start to emerge out of one phase of your life and you get, start seeing glimpses of things that could be ahead and this I would play this song on repeat when I would drive it was <laughs> you know tw- 25 minute drive or so from where I lived in Lakewood out to Golden and I would listen to this song and it would just sort of put me in this zone and a, a hopeful really excited zone you know new new things happening and I had sort of taken that time like we all have phases in our life where we sort of go into ourselves and learn and grow and then you hit a spot where you're ready to sort of open back up to the world and there's a line in the beginning of the song where he says where are you going to look for confirmation and if it's ever going to happen and it's like this this it it really would ring true for me. You know, we, we have all these different people and influences and things that come into our lives that shake things up and change the way that we see things. And this was just my anthem for that period of transformation. And then of course, you know, I, I sort of got away from listening to it, but now it's just crazy when you go back and you (laughs) re-listen to those songs, even though, sort of maybe the obsession phase is over. It's just incredible how they transport you back to that moment in time. And this one is like one of the strongest songs that does that for me. Uh, Did you say you found this one on Spotify? Like it it just, or did you search this out where had you been listening to his music? You had, did you discover him kind of through one of those streaming platforms? Yeah. So I, I discovered him in general, I think through, you know, just like surfing the discover tab and, mm-hmm. and, and, but I had heard of him before, you know, sure, yeah, is yeah, not, yeah. he's, yeah. he's not necessarily, um, you know, he's, he's a, a pretty popular and yeah. actually uh, recently, um, I got to see him live before, mm-hmm. you know, they shut the world down. We were playing <laughs> at a festival in Phoenix and, Oh my God. It was, it was, it was such an incredible show. The, the creativity implicit in his music and, and just the, I I love great production. I love Mm -hmm. music that is evocative, not just on the level of like the lyrics, which are sort of the first and I think most natural thing that we connect with just as humans, we hear these words and Mm -hmm. we interpret their, their meaning and we apply it to our lives and where we're at. But I also really just connect with a sound and I Mm -hmm. love instrumental music, you know, a lot the flectones, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, all instrumental music and a great sound to me 
can be as evocative as a great line, you know, or a great solo. And mm -hmm. that was sort of the trip that I was on at that point. And I was checking out a lot of, uh, yeah, just, you know, Nightmares on Wax and Tycho. And mm -hmm. I loved, uh, you know, Washed Out and the No Twist and some of these bands that were, you know, I think more... Um, what defined them more for me were less individual songs and more just the energy, the vibration that yeah. the music evoked. And he, he's sort of on that same level, but of course he's got these, these great and unique evocative lyrics too. So I was just, you know, sort of looking for new stuff that fit that bill. And I started listening to more of his stuff. And then when this record came out, um, I'm I'm looking now because I can't remember which which uh, what the name of the record is. But mm -hmm. when the record when the record came out, the the first two tracks, uh, twenty to a million. That's that's the record, and it came out in 2016. Mm -hmm. And the first two tracks, you know, I could just this was the this one's the first track on the record. I could have just spun them over and over, <laughs> but um, I loved it. F yeah, for the for the lyrics, but. The, the sound, the sonic qualities, you're just sort of awash in this particular energy, this particular vibration that was just so cool and moving to me. And he's got he's got a lot of a lot of stuff that's like that. And it's incredible to hear him reproduce it live. Like I said, we just I just saw him live. Yeah. Travis and I um, went out, uh, you know, jumped off the tour bus and went out and watched pretty much the whole set because he's a fan as well. And to see him pull this stuff off live it just even takes that respect to the next level oh, of cool. you know this this creativity you think that it you know it's confined to the studio but you know the show was honestly equally as impressive mm -hmm. i mean one of the one of the things i love so much about that music that you know we 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 find during these transitional moments you know like which seems to happens a lot you know like you kind of open yourself up to the transformation or discovery or whatever it may be. And, and, you know, the, the songs almost find you in those moments. If you're, if you're willing to let them find you, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it always blows me away. Like there've been, there've been points in my life where I've been going through things and, and something that wouldn't be my typical go-to. Like when, when my mom was sick and, and, uh, I would go for these drives and listen to music. I heard a Bright Eyes song, and I was never a, f a big fan of Bright Eyes at the time. And it was like the tune was written for me in that moment, you know. Uh, Absolutely, I, I, I love when, that. You know, yeah. When, when, and I think you're right. I think the transformational times in our lives find us in a mode where we are essentially searching, and and when you're searching, you find things that you didn't know that you were looking for. You know, I think that's part of the essence of what transformation is all about. You know, you don't know where it's headed and songs can be such a catalyst and comforting too. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're not going to necessarily deliver you to where you were looking to go. But right. to me, they, they just give you, um, yeah, I, I just, I would put this song on and I would look forward to it. I remember I would get, you know, it would be like sort of 45 minutes or an hour before 
Um, you know, Anna was going to get off work and I was just like excited about things that were happening. <laughs> and I would, I would start to anticipate kind of the feeling that this song, which has this very, it's just very epic and evocative. And, you know, it was like, I would look forward to it. And I didn't know that that's what I was looking for. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I didn't know that, that that's what I was looking for, mm -hmm. but just something about that song at that time where I was in my life, you know, it's like you're cracked open and you're searching for something and things can make their way in that really move you that I think, yeah, you, maybe you didn't necessarily know that you were looking for, right. but that's, that's the essence of like growth and transformation, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to definitely check it out. I'm not that familiar with his catalog and I, I'm going to listen to that record later today. I think I'm going to put it on. You should. Yeah. Thanks. That's a good one. <laughs> thanks for the tip. Um, so, uh, how about, how about one more song? Maybe something you've been going to a little bit kind of in the midst of all this uncertainty and, and, you know, this universal change and, uh, reality that we're all kind of experiencing. Is there anything you've been sort of listening yeah. to? Yeah. Lately, it's, man, I, I get I just like got goosebumps all over just hearing you describe that, man. It's so <laughs> crazy. This this moment is wow. I mean, we're all <laughs> going to look look back on this as, you know, the 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 big thing that the whole world experienced together. Yeah. You know? And and it's it's a uh, it's an interesting part of all this whole thing is like I've heard people say, you know, the one good thing that we got going for us is that we're all fucked together. <laughs> yeah it's, a, I think, it's an equalizer in a lot of ways yeah and it's a it's just this this moment for all of humanity and it's it's big you know and it and i think in the early uh part of this you know we're we're weeks into it now there was sort of a shock you know and um and just fascinating to see it all go down you know the music world sort of was one of the the first kind of nerve centers of this and and we all canceled all our gigs and it was like that that one day I'll never forget it, as long as I live Thursday March 12th <laughs> and we were you know we had landed in Fort Collins for a sold out show and it was just things were you know really moving i mean the news was hitting you know minute to minute and you there was no clear um you know, direction as to where this thing was headed or what we should do. But then all in a moment, it seemed like in this one moment, all, every band figured out that, you know, the right thing to do was lead by example, stop these shows, shut it down, try and get ahead of this thing. Mm -hmm. And it was like shock, you know, and I, I, we all sort of went our separate ways and I was home for about a week and I was sort of t trying to make that shift into the creativity zone and I'm sure you probably, you know, saw this too. It was like when, when, you know, when things kind of, uh, all unfolded so quickly and it became clear the, the gravity, the enormity of this, this whole event, it was like all of a sudden everyone's thinking, Oh, I'm going to be home now, you know, for the next few months, I'm going to, you know, make my magnum opus. I'm going to mm -hmm, record all mm -hmm. these, all these albums. And, and, there was like almost this pressure there to, <laughs> to make the most of this time. And for me, it just, it, it was, it, you know, it wasn't happening right off the bat. I yeah. even kind of put, put my instrument not down, but I wasn't, you know, and it was kind of a blessing in disguise. I didn't have any gigs to prepare for. I could just mm -hmm. sort of play mm -hmm. 
um, you know, for, for the joy of it, but the idea of writing or creating or broadcasting, reinventing in this, in this new era was, was sort of not coming yet. And I, and I remember thinking, man, it'd be cool to work up some renditions of sort of banjo renditions of, of songs that, uh, you know, that, that have, have been with me over the years. And I have a little playlist of things that I, uh, have, have wanted to learn. And there's, you know, everything from like some Led Zeppelin on there, like learning their riffs and just, you know, sort of assimilating new things on the banjo. Mm -hmm. And one of the songs on that playlist is let it be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course a song that many of us have connected with at one point or another, but man, I put it on and it just really, it, it was, it touched me much more deeply than it ever had. Mm. And the lyrics of course are incredibly fitting with everything that's going on. You know, when I find myself in times of trouble, mother Mary comes to me, which I didn't know this, but mother Mary, that's actually Paul's mom. Mm. Um, so you've got this sort of double whammy there, you know, in my, in my hour of darkness, you know, just all, all these. And then especially that, that second stanza, you know, when the brokenhearted people living in the world agree, um, you know, for they, for though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer. It's like, woo, man, yeah. that came over me in a heavy, heavy way. You know, here we are, like I said, all, every human on the globe. I mean, when, when have we ever had an event like this? You know, we've had big events that we you know all remember you know 9-11 you was you know people you hear people talk about you know jfk and vietnam war it's like these these big moments but this even transcends those it does ask me i mean it's it's bigger in a in an international sense you know i mean you talk about the spanish flu is what people compare it to but right but the age we live in where the world is so much smaller and so much more connected i think it, 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 there's nothing to compare it to. There's just the way information travels. There's there's no way to compare what we're all feeling right now. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 to even add a layer to that, you know, I think all those previous uh, sort of big instances, historical instances that mm-hmm. I mentioned, you know, the, there's there's uh, some someone who is you know our uh, the other or our enemy or something like that or or someone who this is this this silent sort of invisible force that we don't really know what we're up against and you know there that's it's pretty freaking heavy you know and 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 then and, and then you think about the reality that you know there there will be good that comes from this there will be you mm-hmm. know we we i think you know there are parts of our society here in the states and probably everywhere across the world that really need shaking up yeah, you absolutely know? And, need a reset and, yeah and yeah. we don't we you know that's the nature of how sort of we operate as humans you know it's hard for us to have a lot of perspective on the things that are part of our day-to-day lives and we just sort of roll along and we don't question things but you know there there's a lot of there's a lot of things that i think we could really do better at and i think even though this thing is very daunting and you know a horrible reality for many people and families who are being so 
directly affected by this, you know, like, like all moments of adversity, it is an amazing opportunity for learning, for growth, evolution, adaptation, all those things. And this song, that was one of the first moments that I, I felt that, you Mm -hmm. know, it was, it was like this, this isn't just going to be a a black hole of badness, you know, (laughs) and and I, people are, better than that they're bigger than that and even though i think we've sort of wandered down this road of kind of handing the 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 keys and the you know the the sort of the driver's seat is occupied by people who i know i don't identify with and i don't agree with you know in a political sense mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i think i and i but i also am an optimist and i think there's a lot of a lot of good in the world and I think people are capable of a lot of great things and and when when I heard this song I just was pretty overwhelmed at you know the first sort of glimmer of hope if you will you know the the reminder that we we always do pick ourselves up and um you know look at these things and interpret and ultimately you know hopefully figure out a way to, to make light of this. And that's just what, that that's what living things do. And I, I'm of course, like I said before, you know, I, I'm well aware of the enormity of all this and the challenges that mm-hmm. it is posing to countless people across the world. But adversity is always one of the greatest opportunities. And yeah. as we hopefully shift into into that mode of thinking that will be part of what helps us transcend all of this and you know to me man this this song it was just like it was like the clearest message right straight you know and of course we all the beatles i mean it's all been said you know yeah, they're just sure they're but the, for, the a messages, for a reason yeah <laughs> they all the the endless you know, endless archetypal messages mm-hmm. that we all can relate to. And, and then the, just the beautiful simplicity of the music. I, I, you know, it never, it will never get old. Yeah. And that's why they, they will always be, you know, among the most influential bands across the board, regardless of genre, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and I think that's because of songs like this. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear you play it, but before, before you do, um, I just curious, you know, was this song, did it ever get you, like, you, I know this was the biggest impact it's had on you, kind of what we're going through right now, but but has it played a role in your life before this? Or it's just been, I mean, it's played a role in everybody's life, obviously. It's it's one of the best songs, and it's, you know, it, it tugs on you for sure, but it, had, it, had it been big for you before this ever? You know, it's an interesting question, and it really hadn't. You yeah. know, and and I and I have like everyone. You know, I sort of cycle through, and at any given time, you know, one of the Beatles records is sort of at the top of the heap. You know, the last few years it's been Revolver, and that's just the one that when I when I want to listen to the you know when I want to listen to the Beatles, that's sort of what I, what I go for. And ironically, this one, even though it's beautiful and universal and sort of like quintessential McCartney it 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 was never my jam and that was sort of uh, um an interesting element of all this was I wasn't I was sort of going like I said through this playlist of songs that I thought oh you know sort of added them over time oh that would be cool to like make up a rendition you know an instrumental 
rendition, which I'll play for you here in a second of, of the, of the melody. And I was just sort of skipping through this playlist and, and it was like, hit me like a ton of bricks, like it never had before. And that was definitely, you know, a new experience for this song and, and even and kind of a first, but I'll, you know, after all this, I'll, I'll never hear it the same way again. <laughs> right. Well, well, cool, man. I'd, I'd really love to hear your version of it. So we'll, yeah, let's have, for sure. let's, let's have a listen. Let's do it. Let it be. so beautiful man i love you know i've had i've had people play tunes on on the show before and one of my favorite things is when you can tell that somebody's not just playing a cover song that they're they're putting their heart their soul their spirit into it and and i hear that in your arrangement and version of that song and uh uh it's always really special to hear that kind of performance so thank you for sharing that and, yeah um, man appreciate yeah. it thanks ross yeah, and thanks so much for for joining us here. And um, I know I'm one of them, but I know there's a lot of people, a lot of String Dusters fans out there. You guys have always been uh, a big influence on me. You were the first guys to take us out on a little tour, opening up for you. And we always look up to you guys as band, as a band, as musicians, as human beings. So I really thanks, uh, Ross. Yeah, Likewise, man, man. dude. I I remember. I'll never forget when we were at Terrapin Crossroads and you did uh, "Hard Rain's Gonna Fall," <laughs> and I didn't know you that well. And I was like, "Who is this cat just <laughs> sending it right now?" But thanks for having me on, man. This is a great. Uh, yeah. I lo- love the podcast. Really, really love love the concept, and well, um, and it's it's been an honor, man. So thank you. Thank you, man, and and, and I hope to see you guys out on the road real soon. All right, for take sure. care. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Chris Pandolfi. Don't forget to check out his podcast, Inside the Musician's Brain. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Songs That Save Me. And if you're liking what you're hearing, leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store. Thanks, and stay tuned for a lot more Songs That Save Me, coming soon.